Hi, and welcome to TD Synex presents Cisco Smart Sustainable Hybrid. My name's Dan Griffin, and I'm the Cisco Enterprise Networking BDM at TD Synex. Today, we're joined by Joachim Mason, Regional Sales Director at Cisco, and Stu Higgins, Head of Smart Cities and IoT, and they're going to be talking about smart, sustainable hybrid working. Thank you, Dan. Uh, Stu, good to see you again. Been yeah, a little while. You. Um, you and I have known each other for a, for a, for a few years now, yeah. uh, and I've always known you as someone who's been um, immersed in the area of smart cities and, and, and IoT, and uh, you know, with a particular focus around around that. Um, just be great to hear a little bit about your thoughts on the interest we're seeing at the moment around that whole topic of smart and sustainable and hybrid working and how that's how that's playing out in, in your day to day. Yeah, I, I, it's it's really interesting. I think you, you can't you can't start anywhere other than mentioning the dreaded pandemic. But <laughs> coming out of the back of that, um, the whole world seems to be focusing on sustainability. Yeah. And cities are a place where most of the energy around the world's used buildings specifically it's over 20 percent of the greenhouse gases are generated out of buildings so it's looking at how to address that in a place where it's most important because Mm. that's where most of it's generated so technology has a massive role to play in fact the 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 world economic forum they uh have done some research last year and it was based on some stuff done by some other guys that said that uh, two to four percent of all the greenhouse gases generated around the world come from IT but actually digital technology has the ability to address or suppress up to 20 percent of the world's greenhouse gases so if you gave everybody all their IT for free yeah that's kind of a rounding error yeah but to be able to address the 20 percent more broadly that's a massive yeah the so impact you just can't, yeah can't no the impact is, is great i mean i remember and i don't know if this is something that has changed but the accepted wisdom was that you know globally cities were just going to get larger and 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 larger over yeah. over over time yeah. you know they become economic hubs and the majority of the you know the world's population would would live there and then you know as we live through the you know the dreaded p word it, um some different thoughts emerged around that you know where we didn't necessarily need to be um, you know, living quite as close to or with the same proximity to these hubs, and I wondered whether that would change that dynamic around that kind of inevitable growth of of, of cities. Thinking about also some of the things you've just said around yeah. energy consumption. I mean, has that changed at all, or are we still on that kind of inexorable march? I, yes and no. Yeah. Um, I, and I think it depends where you are in in your life as well, and where mm-hmm. you are around the world, but. Um, Certainly, uh, in the UK, the people have stayed away from cities. Yeah. You know, there's there's been lots and lots of very stark images of cities with no people in them. And yeah. you go into any office building, there's very few people still wanting to go back in certain roles. And the other thing that that we've learned over the last two years, the stuff that we as a technology industry have been talking about for 20 years, is absolutely possible. You can do your job from anywhere. Yeah. So the whole concept of hybrid work and changing the way that you work and what devices you use and how you access data and um, all of those other benefits that you get from not traveling also have a massive effect around sustainable 
economy because yeah. you can you reduce travel you can change the way you use energy you can reduce the amount of real estate that you need so it, it all comes together to really address some of the challenges around sustainability by being able to do your job from somewhere other than an office. And it's a factor for all of us, isn't it? I mean, we're all sitting there deciding on whether we might stay at a company or, or join another company. And, you know, to your point around us being at different stages in our careers, I'm quite advanced in my years, Stu. You don't need to laugh too hard at that. Um, but, I, you know, I'll, 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 I may be more set in a routine. I'm, I kind of yeah. understand the environment I've been in. I've been lucky enough to be working for the same company for a number of years. And so the, that flexibility the, of, of being able to work as, as, as fits me and all of the other things that go on in life is definitely a very real benefit to me. And I would imagine, you know, the, the majority of I got that wrong. Uh, I, I, I think we're of a similar vintage, so <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of the same. Travelling for the sake of it seems pointless yeah. now. And actually, the, everybody's diary is now filled up to to take those gaps where you could travel to places away. So everybody's now back to back to back. But if I was early in my career, I met a lot of my friends at work. Yeah. I met them in offices. I met them in the pub after work. Yeah. So you need that social scene around you. So I think it's, it's horses for courses. So mm. for you and me, being at home being closer to um, your family, being able to do your job remotely is really important. Mm. But if I'm 22, 23, I've just moved to a new place, need to meet some people, I want to be where there's lots of people. That's not necessarily in a big office, though. That could be in a hub. So we're, we're working with... Uh, some folks up in Greater Manchester, and they've come up with this concept around neighbourhoods. Mm -hmm. Which so there's 2.8 million people across Greater Manchester, but they're looking at dividing it down into 30 to 50 thousand people chunks, and saying, well, wouldn't it be great if you could do your job and stay in that community or that neighbourhood? So you might not necessarily go into a building that's just for a company, but it might be a, a a shared yeah. working space yeah. and then the buildings need to be much more flexible yeah. because they've got to accommodate people with lots of different requirements well there seems to be more of a social aspect to it i mean i remember reading about um an organization a uh, large organization based out of denmark um and they had completely revamped their hq you know from what it had looked like before recognizing that people were going to be much more deliberate as to when they traveled there and what they were going to do and what they expected while they were there so it was something like 30 percent of their space was given over to social i suppose where yeah, that social interaction yeah. where people were going to get that you know we're we're in britain and you know many of us like the idea of socializing and we immediately think of the pub but but actually thinking more broadly just having a social space yeah. within that environment definitely is part of the attraction yeah but we, we've done the same in, in our office in new york in uh, pen one yeah we, we've completely redesigned that and it's 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 switched round it's it's now 70% it's a bit of a cheesy phrase but we space yeah. and 30% me space right, okay, whereas yeah. before it was pretty much the opposite so yeah. you'd go into the office and do your own job whereas now you're going into the office a lot of the time to interact with other people to be in a meeting room or to be on a, a bigger conference with lots of people in a room so it, it's totally changed the way it I changed. do I'm chuckling also because you know you you're trying to you know we all had to learn a new habit you know a new way of working when we we were forced to work in one place and we're now having to sort of you know adjust back to the idea that you know to your point there absolutely are benefits in that interaction with people and yeah. and having a little bit more flexibility and not necessarily being stuck in the four walls of of, of home which can get a little bit you know um, oppressive at times don't tell the wife um it's not her fault it's just the four walls um <laughs> but i'm thinking you know just just in in terms of um in, in terms of that too 
you know, when organisations are looking for, you know, we, we hear about the great kind of war for talent, which is quite a negative phrase, but yeah. but it's, you know, talent is very competitive. Yeah. Uh, and there are different differentiators out there for organisations to uh, to lean on and to and to leverage. I mean, is that something that you're seeing as well as a as a factor for the, the you know, the companies and organisations that you're working yeah, with? Yeah, definitely. Be- people have people have changed why they want to go and work for a particular company. And, I, you know, this is um, something Gartner have recognised in their, in this year's top 10 strategic business priorities for CEOs. You know, um, workforce is now up from fifth a couple of years ago to third in terms of importance. And not, not only that, but really interesting for the first time, environmental sustainability's come yeah. onto the list in the top 10. And lots of early in career and people further on in their career are making choices based on different things. Do, does the company's um, approach to the world match mine? Are their beliefs the same yeah. as mine? And it's not just people looking for employment. Our customers are doing the same. Yeah. It's, it's not hit the UK quite yet, but certainly in Scandinavia, there are now companies procuring products that are saying, well, unless our beliefs match with yours, yeah. even if you gave us your stuff, we wouldn't take it off you. Yeah. So it's really interesting, interesting that, yeah. that reasons for going somewhere or, or buying things have changed completely. And that's, I mean, we, we certainly see that, and I know that as, you know, as Cisco in terms of our publicly stated goals around net zero, and there's sort of two broad areas. One is, who are we as an organisation? Forget that we're a technology company. Yeah. Who are we as an organisation? How do we go about things? And, and can our customers and partners trust that actually we've got, you know, we're absolutely aligned with them in the sorts of ESG and sustainability objectives that they've got, so organisationally. And then there's the other part, obviously, is is how does what we provide in terms of technology, solutions and services, how does that help them achieve, you know, their own yeah. you know, goals yeah. and objectives? And that's, you know, obviously why... You know the whole area of 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 smart networks, smart buildings, hybrid working, which you know where where you you will find Cisco technology at, at its core is is such a kind of focus area for us for those for those two reasons. Yeah. Um, I was just reflecting back on something you were talking about that bit about being in the office and 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 what you now expect in terms of interaction, the the we space and the and the me space, because I've certainly had that. You know, I've gone into the office and I haven't changed anything other than I've made the commute and I've now gone and sat in front of a video screen. In the office as yeah, opposed yeah. to at home, you know, and it's kind of like I need to do more to to, to change it up, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and, you, you know, is that something you're seeing as well? That people are trying to change their habits? Yeah, I th- yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm going into our office when, when we finish today and it's because we've got a customer meeting. Yeah. So I'm going in to sit with a bunch of people yeah. and be in the same space and hopefully... Um, give them some ideas and inspire them around um, not only tech, but I'm talking about sustainability as well. So around how we can help them. Because again, pretty much every organization, public and private, have now stated a date for net zero or being carbon neutral or however you want to phrase it. But in reality, when you talk to them off the record, very few of them know how to do it. So we have to try and figure out collectively how to do that. And the best way to do that is in a room with people to meet them yeah. but once you've met them save the travel tra- save yeah. the energy save the hassle and and you know have those weekly updates remotely and then when it's important for maybe decision making or to meet new people or introduce new ideas into a team away you need a whiteboard because yeah. you know being able to draw something up on a board and three or four people all take part at the same time 
it's possible to replicate it in technology, but I still think you can't be sticking stickers on a wall and okay. lighting okay. things up and scrubbing them out. And I saw your eyes light up there at the whiteboard. That's clearly that's an important thing, isn't it? The, it's uh, the future. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I, I, and I mean, um, it's not necessarily a slow process either. We're talking about real estate. We're talking about physical yeah. buildings. You know, that's a. I mean, you mentioned um, Cisco's uh, office in, in New York, yeah. uh, and I know we're undergoing a program of kind of revamping in each of the sort of key locations worldwide, but, you know, uh, you know, it's a relatively slow process, yeah. um, but the important thing is to get underway. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's a massive, the, the, the two biggest costs to any organisation are real estate and people. Mm. So from a sustainability point of view, if you can address the buildings aspect, that's really important. So if you take a, a large um, distributed region, uh, I won't say where, but they've got 6,000 public buildings. Yeah. If we could help them close 10%, they could take all that money into the public purse, they could get rid of some of the hassle managing all that real estate. But what it means is they need to change the other 90% to be much more flexible, to be much more friendly, to be more usable by lots and lots of different people so you d but you're right you do have to start i mean technology is interesting because the industry we both work in you refresh stuff very very rapidly mm. you know laptops three or four years our tech five to ten years typically mm. a bit longer in service provider a, a building that goes up on the side of a motorway those big distribution warehouses they've got a 50-year lifespan yeah a lot of the buildings with the customers i work with in the public sector they're in buildings that are hundreds of years old yeah so you have to look at things on a different time frame as well so yeah you've got to start and can you and i mean what sort of things can you i mean i'm thinking about you know um yes you can imagine the big kind of mega projects multi-billions of dollars you know gleaming new buildings that kind of break ground um, and of course, you know, you need them to be a shining example yeah. of, of the latest approach, um, etc. Et but to, to that point that you've just made, the biggest impact that we can make is on, on everything that's already out there. Yeah, yeah. And 85% of the cost of a building is the operational piece. Right. So building it's actually a very small bit. That's, that's a few percent. Demolishing it's only 2%. So 85% of the cost, the energy that it uses, the, the um, materials that are involved is in that operational yeah. piece. Yeah. But that, that could be a long period of time. So you, you can make small changes. I mean, we talk a lot about the amazing things we can do with energy management on our power over Ethernet mm. solutions, but it's quite hard to retrofit it mm -hmm. compared to a new build. There's a lot of existing buildings. In fact, pretty much every building in the UK is an existing building. So you've got to make small changes and you can start to do that with instrumenting those buildings because a phrase somebody used many years ago for me was, you know, it's a bit like having a, a clock without hands. If you can't measure it, you can't figure out what's wrong with it or mm. where you are. So first thing you've got to do is start to implement some technologies to know where you are today. So get a baseline and then start to make changes to improve it. No, I mean, it's it's huge. And, you know, and, and as we know, the minute we're, we're, we're talking about sustainability and smart, I mean, there's so many different directions that, that you know, that it heads off in. And actually, that's part of the... Um, um, the thinking behind this little mini series of podcasts is yeah. we'll sort of delve into each of the topics um, in a little bit more um, detail. But 
yeah, you mean you've touched on, you know, whether it's workforce, talent, whether it's what we can do within the physical environment, the, you know, the, the, the core of the building itself, and also what we ourselves expect as yeah. as individuals and employees and professionals and what we're looking for and the changes that we need to make. So, um, no, listen, it's a fascinating area. Um, really appreciate your time, Stu. It's obvious that you um, are uh, deeply immersed in the in the topic, but uh, yeah, thanks for uh, sharing sharing the time with us today. No, thanks. It's it's been really interesting. I, mean, I I became a Cisco Sustainability Ambassador about a year ago. We've got okay. uh, eighty of them around the the world now because it's something that I'm passionate about. Mm. I mean, we we. We're really cool. As a company, we've been doing this for nearly 20 years. Yeah. And what I love is the fact that even though things changed in the last couple of years and all of a sudden sustainability is on everybody's, tip of everybody's tongue, we can go back to 2007 when we reported, started reporting some of our targets. So, yeah, it's, it's such a, an interesting and fascinating uh, place to be working. And, and as I said, it's somewhere where tech can have a massive part yeah. to play. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Stu. Thanks. Thank you, Joachim and Stu, for that wonderful conversation. If you want to know more about smart, sustainable hybrid working, then contact your sales rep at TD Cinex. On the next conversation, we'll be talking about smart buildings. Thanks for listening.